you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Andy Storch, and excited that you're joining me today. This is a podcast, of course, about owning your career and taking control of your future. One of the important components to that that I didn't really talk about in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is influence. Obviously, I talked about mindset, talked a little bit about resilience. I did not talk that much about influence and the importance of having and building influence in your career. And so I did this interview recently with a woman named Vivian Blade for the Talent Development Hot Seat podcast that I run. And I thought there's a lot of great advice in here that I want to share with everybody who is thinking about owning their careers. And so I'm publishing it here as well. And Vivian is an author and a speaker and a trainer. She's a sought after leadership expert and thought leader. She works with a lot of companies and brands on topics like resilience, culture, and influence. And she's the author of three books, including Resilience Ready, The Leader's Guide to Thriving Through Unrelenting Crises, Fuel Forward, Discover Proven Practices to Fuel Your Career Forward, and Influence in Talent Development, which unpacks how to scale this essential skill for greater impact. Now, in this conversation, we do reference and talk about things in talent development, people who work in talent development, learning and development. If you don't, that's okay, don't worry. The overarching theme is how do we build resilience and how do we build influence and get through uncertain and challenging times. And I believe this advice is relevant for just about anybody and no matter what career you're in, which is why I wanted to share it on this podcast as well. So without further ado, here is my interview with Vivian Blade. Enjoy. All right, I'm joined now by Vivian Blade, who is a leadership and resilience expert and author of three books, including Influence in Talent Development. And I'm excited to dive into some of the subjects and topics from those today. Vivian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I'm so excited to be here and, and to share with your audience today. Yes, it's so great always to connect with a fellow author and someone who is equally, if not more passionate about the talent development space, as well as topics like influence and resilience and things that I love talking about as well. So I'm interested to dive in. I wonder if we could start with just a very brief background of your career and how you got to this place that you're in right now. Okay. Well, I have been very fortunate to have a corporate career working with some of the world's top companies. I started my career with Humana, working in the marketing space, came out of grad school, started working with them. And then a colleague of mine had gotten uh, recruited over to GE Appliances. So I was recruited over there. And so that was my opportunity to continue my career and growing in the leadership realm as I took lots of leadership development, professional development, uh, workshops and programs through the course of my tenure there. So uh, I had a variety of roles in GE from coming into a direct marketing role to working through Lean Six Sigma, because Jack Welch said, if you want to grow your career in this company, and this was the Jack Welch days, then you, know, you have to go through Six Sigma in a full-time role. So I did a couple of stints there as both a black belt and a master black belt. Then uh, also spent some time in, in e-commerce and product management and in customer experience. And during the last downturn in 2009, 2008 timeframe, you know, when everybody was going through a lot of upheaval during that time, uh, I was laid off and 
prior to that, GE was going to potentially spin off our division. So I had thought about, well, what would I do? And I thought about starting a consulting practice and primarily in the space of quality and process improvement which and customer experience, which was primarily where I was working. But as I got out and I was working with other organizations, I realized that a lot of them didn't have the opportunities that we had in GE for leadership and professional development, and that there was a lot that I could add there to growing talent. So that was really, uh, all of that was really my entree into the talent development space in, in earnest and have been working in that area ever since. Yes, you really come at it from a bit of an outsider few like me, you know, working more in consulting and with a lot of people in talent development and really starting to understand the challenges and what people are going through, the work that they're doing, and that you have an opportunity to help, to inspire, to influence. I'm interested to dig into some of the things that you're doing. You've published three books now. The first was Resilience Ready, The Leader's Guide to Thriving Through Unrelenting Crises. So what was the impetus of this? How did this come about? Actually, a client of mine, it was a new client, Johnson and Johnson at the time was looking for a workshop on the old pie model, which was the career advancement advice that I grew up on in my career in GE. So performance image and exposure. And as we got into that workshop, I realized that there were some things that have changed and, and there were some challenges with that model that were misconceptions that people had about how to navigate and manage their career. So I set out and did some research related to, to that topic. You know, how do you really advance in your career? How does it really work? What has changed? What has stayed the same? And from that, developed the Fuel Forward model and therefore created the Fuel Forward book to help help uh, leaders and professionals understand how to move their careers ahead. Okay. So that led into that, that second book, the Fuel, Fuel Forward, Discover Proven Practices to Fuel Your Career Forward. So what is the Fuel Forward uh, model? Can you break that down? Yes, there is a foundation of our execution. So first and foremost, all of us have to knock the ball out of the park on our performance and what we do each and every day. It's table stakes to being able to be considered to advance in our career. But if you really want to move forward, there are three fundamental accelerators that you have to know about and engage and manage for you to be successful at navigating your career ahead. And those are your reputation, your reach, and your relationships. So, you know, reputation, a lot like managing your professional brand. We'll talk about a lot about your, your what and your how and how you manage to that. Um, your reach is a lot like the advertising term, which is the reach that your brand has to a specific target audience in a given, given market, media market. So what are you doing to reach out and make sure that you're making connections to other people and they know about you and the value that you add? And then there's the relationships and how you manage the, the acquaintances, uh, turn those into our allies. So acquaintances, to allies, to advocates, but we also do have to manage our adversaries and be very, very, very careful uh, about those relationships. So those are the three accelerators. There are a must if you want to move ahead. 
Absolutely. I, I believe in those 100%. I wrote in my book about the power of networking and the importance of building your personal brand, which is essentially nothing more than your reputation, right? It's what people think mm-hmm. and say about right. you. So whether you're working in learning and development or any other career, what are some things that people you recommend people be doing or, or thinking about, especially in talent development, to really accelerate their success and you know fuel themselves forward, as you say? Yeah. I, a couple of things there. Of course, all of the the elements of the fuel forward framework that I just mentioned are important for all of us to think about if we are going to control and we and we do have control of our career and truly manage our career forward. I want to talk a little bit about influence and how important that is, and especially in this time, and as the dynamics in the marketplace and the workplace and the work that we are doing is, is changing. Uh, the environment is is ever evolving that we're in and the work of talent development professionals is so important. So uh, about a year and a half ago or so, I'd say now, ATD reached out about a soft skills series that they were publishing that were critical areas for talent development professionals to master. And one of those key soft skills in that series was influence. I had been recently doing some work around that, just delivered a a workshop for a women's conference on that and created a model that I used a framework called scale with the word scale and each of those, Mm. those letters represent a principle in how you can grow your influence for greater impact. And so our soft skills and our influence are so important because we are making a difference in how our organizations are shifting and pivoting those familiar words we're hearing so much about today and how we're moving forward and how we're changing the workplace on on how talent is being prepared and developed and ready. Our organizations are ready for the changing environment to be relevant, to be competitive, to be able to be successful in re-emerging out of this sort of post-COVID time, if we ever see COVID being, being post, <laughs> right. I don't know if we, right. we ever will. So we are playing such, a, such an important role and we need influence skills in order to help our talent and our organizations be ready for the change that, that we are experiencing now. Yeah, influence is so important. It's one of those things that I think is underrated when you go into talent development, learning and development, right? You're going to come up with ideas, things you want to implement. You want to get things done in your organizations. You want attention. You want sponsorship from executives. You've got to be able to influence, right? You've got to show Mm -hmm. them that you care about what they care about. And I'd love to dig into that scale model, as you mentioned. I know I've looked it up. It stands for social capital, courage, authenticity, leaning in with passion, engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community. So let's let's start with that social capital. How, how does that impact our ability to influence? Yeah, and Andy, your comments there, as, as you were just introducing this, were right on to that. Really caring about what the other person cares about, what's mm-hmm. really important to them, and really aligning with how can I help? Truly, what are the needs? And, and how can I help without expecting anything in return? Mm. You know, so, you know, how can we invest in the relationship, invest in giving and demonstrate that, you know, I do care about what you need. I do care about the outcomes 
for you. And we know that, you know, karma, it says good will come back to us eventually, yeah, you know, especially if we are, are giving with the right heart and the right attitude and really trying to be become a, a person of influence and, and develop our character rather than just use tactics to influence someone. So that social capital is really investing in what other people, people need and, and figuring out how we can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer, big fan of that. I believe that you get back what you put out into the universe. I'm a big fan of karma, call it whatever you want, but giving without expectations, looking for ways to help others, give value to others, find out what they care about. So if you're looking to influence executives in your company, in your organization, in your space, what do they care about? What are their goals? What are their objectives? And can you help them reach those? And then as a result, they might be interested in helping you in the things that you have in mind. But first you got to show that you care about them. And again, as you said, giving with no expectations. I'm a big fan of that because I think a lot of times think like, oh yeah, I'm going to give, I'm going to help others. But then they, that comes with expectations and you're just setting yourself up for disappointment, right? When the other right. party does not reciprocate, which happens a lot That's of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And sometimes we have to give a little more before we you know, re receive yeah. back, but, but that's okay. Because when we do that, we also get more in return, even if it's not from the other person, just from doing good. Doesn't that help us help our hearts and, and helps relieve stress and, you know, all those yeah. things that we're going through these days. It's fun to give and help others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be a little scary. So the next thing you have there, C stands for courage. Tell me about the importance of that. Yeah. So with courage, Oftentimes as talent development professionals, and you mentioned this earlier too, Andy, when we are trying to sometimes convince a leader or someone that, that our recommendations are the way they should go, that, you know, we've, we've got the answers to their problems though, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to come across as all, as all knowing that you know, we don't want to use that type of, of, of influence tactic, but Sometimes we have to sit back and ask the questions when somebody may say to us, well, we need a, a leadership development program, or we, we are having problems here in this department, we just need a new communications training, let's bring in the communications training, we need to have the, the confidence and the courage to ask the questions about what's really going on. And it can sometimes be scary because there are people who are senior to us in the organization and depending on the culture and the politics of an, organ or of an organization, oh, some of that pushback or asking those questions may not be welcome. But again, if we do that in the right spirit where we're really inquisitive and wanting to help and share those questions in a way that comes across with that intention, then people are going to be more willing to engage with us. And then look at how much more effective our solutions will be when we really are answering to the true needs. Uh, there it is again, giving to others, looking for ways to help, right? The, the key to influence and building trust there, having the courage to do that. And I believe you're also big on doing that in an authentic way, right? Showing up mm -hmm. as who we are and not trying to be fake or anybody else, right? Right, right. Yes. And, and so my key step there for people with, with authenticity is to make sure that we are being adaptable, not artificial. And especially in the times of change, in the time of, of just stress that we're going through right now, we can come across as, and we feel like, you know, we have to be a certain way, put on a certain persona, make sure that we look like we've got it all together. When 
people can see through that. You know, they, mm. they can feel that you're not really authentic and we're not connecting with people when we're that way. When we are training others and we're standing in front of the classroom and, and you know, we're telling people, you know, you should, you should follow these steps. And, you know, we're standing up there in front of the classroom and we're not following them ourselves, you know, for example. Um, so how are, how are we leading by following the advice that we give, and then being adaptable when we need to, not artificial. We're showing up with who we are, the values and the character traits that you know truly represent us. Well, th- that requires a little bit of vulnerability, right? A lot of people are probably worried like, okay, well, I, I feel like the culture is a certain way. My leaders or executives expecting certain things. Is it okay for me to talk about my concerns or my challenges, or, you know, as you mentioned, getting up in front of the room, whether it's physical or virtual room where we're running a training program, and maybe we don't feel like we know it all. We don't have it all figured out Mm -hmm. to be open and honest. It can be scary, right? Because we feel like, oh, we should have the answers. We're in HR, we're in training, we're in talent development, right? How do we overcome that fear? You know, and it's just the opposite. When people see that you are authentically vulnerable and and not in a way that degrades yourself or diminishes who you are, but in a way that invites the expertise and the ideas and the collaboration from others to grow and create an even greater solution and, and answers and strategies than we can come up with on our own. And I think we let people know as, as we are working with others or as we are facilitating a workshop to let, let them know, I want to learn from the expertise that we have in this room. So we don't have to come out and say, I'm not the expert on everything. You know, I, I don't know it all. And, and I don't want to let you know that, but to embrace and engage others. And that really goes to the engaging a diverse and inclusive workplace community, Mm. sort of that one um, where we're inviting, proactively inviting ideas from from everyone. Can you tell me more about that? Because I think that's one of those things, proactively inviting ideas from other people, especially like a diverse audience, that lots of people will nod their heads and say, well, yeah, of course that's important. But it's one of those things I think a lot of people are not necessarily doing, right? They're afraid or closed off or like if I invite feedback or other ideas, people might talk about things that are contradictory to my own. Where might this go? What, what's going to happen? And we don't really seek those out as much as maybe we could or should, right? Can you talk more about that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'd see your point and where we feel like we can't let let people go against us or our opinion. There couldn't, can't be other opinions because we have to be the expert mm-hmm. getting back into, into that persona. And, you know, I think we have to open ourselves up first of all, to the fact that we don't know everything. We want to be open to other opinions. And if we want to engage others and and have people be receptive to what we have to offer, what we have to share, strategies that we have to teach, then we have to be open to their perspectives. We can't, you know, that that also breeds empathy, right? Mm. Where when we can have people open up and share a little bit more about their experiences, who they are, what they believe, then we can meet in the middle and we can discuss the perspectives that are in the room and come to a place where with that understanding of each other, then, you know, here is what we believe is true or or how we can move forward, a path forward. 
when we show empathy, we don't necessarily always have to agree with the other person's position or, or right. what they say or, or how they feel or take it on ourselves. We're just being respectful to honor that they have been heard, can voice that opinion. And now let's talk and connect on where there are differences, where there are similarities and how we can use that to be constructive in our ideas and in our, our thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking about influence and this is so important. I think, again, we, we talked about this underrated for people in talent development to be able to go to influence executive sponsors, people in other departments, because you're working with a lot of people. In your book, you share five key principles for building influence. And I, you know, I, I want to get into some of those and also talk about this difference that you talk about between being an influencer and being influential, because I've been hearing about this as well and thinking about this a little bit. You know, what do you see as the difference between those two things? Yeah. When you think about influence versus being influential, and what I'm encouraging people to do is really think about becoming a person of influence and building, building their influence, being influential. So an influencer is more focused on the tactics that I need to use or tools I need to pull out of my toolbox at a given point in time when I need to persuade someone to make a decision or to and go along with my recommendations and my proposal for, for my, my training program. And so again, I'm more focused on the here and now, what needs to be done in terms of persuading someone. When I am influential, it's more about living with these principles that we've just talked about, breeding those into your character so that people see those within you. You've got a foundation. Those build trust. Those principles build trust with other people. And you need that foundation if you want to tr have deeper, true, meaningful influence with others. If we're going to change behaviors, influence behaviors of, of individuals and organizations, if we want to change lives, truly change lives, then we've got to go beyond just persuasion and have some foundation with individuals. Even if we're with people who, who don't know us well, like you, I'm facilitating training with people I don't know at all. It just came right. from working with a Girl Scout Council uh, in North Carolina. And I have a long background with, with Girl Scouts myself. Um, I also have lots of connections in the geographic area where this council was located. Mm -hmm. So I was able to make connections with them there, but also before the training session, I went around and I talked to each and every individual that was in that room. And the, the, the venue and the, the time that we had on the schedule and the agenda allowed me the opportunity to do that. But that way I was able to touch each person even though I didn't have more than a few minutes to begin to build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. But also the, the leader that brought me in for that training, I also had a foundation of relationship of, of true investment in the relationship with them that also gave me some credibility and some leverage with her team. So it's, it's that deeper influence and, and the effect and the impact, the influence that that session had yeah. on that team to help them to move through this critical time of change was monumental, you know, by the, by the end of that day, and we're going to continue our work together. 
Oh, that's fantastic. You mentioned this being a critical time of change. There's a lot of uncertainty going on in the world. A lot of people going through some challenging times, trying to figure out where they're going in their career, where their organization is going with regards to talent development. Some of them finding they're not getting much funding for training and development right now because the organization has decided they have other priorities. Your original book was about resilience and leading through challenging times. What what advice can you give for people, especially in talent development, who are dealing with so much uncertainty and, and possibly some big challenges right now with the people they work with or maybe their own job to help them get through this? Yeah, oftentimes when we're in situations like that, and I talk about this in Resilience Ready, that that we can get stuck and feeling like we're the victim. Of course, all of us initially felt like and responded like victims to the mm-hmm. pandemic where, you know, this has happened to me. I, I didn't cause it. I have no control yep. over it. And, and, you know, this is the result, you know, even 2009, when I was laid off all the things that were going on in the financial space that created such calamity in our economy and affected and influenced so many people. So it's easy for us to respond as victims or, or just settle into to the, the situation or, or figure out how we're going to survive through now our new normal, when what it really takes is for us to be courageous to find what's the path forward for me and, and for my team so that you can get to the, the point where you're thriving. So one of the first things I would say is be careful about these stages of internal crisis response that I call them, that we can get stuck in. And, and we want to be able to move forward. I was just talking with someone today who talked about some of his experience in, in life and, and coming to a point where, where he could sit back and reflect and see where some of these challenges were holding him back. But it took going through that and getting to a point where you know, he felt like he, he could experience being able to do better and, and, and persevere in a way that helped him to accomplish more for his life. But that also gave him the perspective to be able to step back, see when he might be falling back into some of those other cycles and have a path forward again. So some of that muscle memory. So thinking about where we get stuck sometime and and not letting ourselves get stuck. And then secondly, there are these resilience ready principles that are our perspective, how we see things. We want to make sure that we have an optimistic outlook because if we are pessimistic and feel like, well, there, there's no budget, there's nothing we could do, there's, you know, then you just give up. You fall back into that victim mode. Our purpose, making sure that we are engaged around a meaningful purpose and engage our teams around a meaningful purpose. The work that we do as talent development professionals is so important and we need to keep that in mind. Persevering means that we really need to do a lot to take care of ourselves. That it, perseverance is not about just trudging ahead forward through the bricks and through the, the challenges head, head on at all stakes and all costs. But it's how do we prepare ourselves and how are we ready psychologically, emotionally, physically um, to be able to work through those challenges that are going to come our way? 
And then partnership, making sure that we don't go through it alone and we don't let our teammates go through challenge and crisis alone, reach out to, to touch people, see what kind of support we can offer when we're in that situation, make sure that we, we ourselves reach out to our circle. And then praise is the last principle of resilience where we want give ourselves some grace for not being perfect and going through the challenges and we are going to make mistakes. It's going to be messy and that's okay. And then with praise, we also want to recognize other people and, and just look at the effort that it's taken for all of us to get through all of the challenge and change that we've experienced. Recognize that. You know, people have dealt and gone through a lot and they've, they've stuck in there to, to work and, and be as effective as they possibly could. So recognize the effort and even the small milestones, the small accomplishments that people make along the way. It's so important. Absolutely. All of those things are, are so important. As we close things up here, Vivian, I want to come back to this idea of influence because I think it is really the overall theme of this interview and, and how we can help our colleagues in talent development become more influential in their organizations. When it comes to that, what's one more piece of advice or, or thing you would say to help people think about how they can influence to be more successful in their careers and, and their organizations? I'm just going to leave you with my mantra, which is influence is more about how you live than what you do. Hmm. So live with these principles versus just trying to influence or persuade when you need someone to come to your side. So influence is more about how you live than what you do. Mm, yeah. And people watch how you live and how you operate and, and that can impact and influence others. Well, Vivian, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this. For those who are listening and want to find out more about what you do, get in touch with you, get your books. Where's the best place for them to go? Feel free to visit VivianBlade.com. And you can reach out to me at Vivian at VivianBlade.com. Books are also available on Amazon. So you can find me at any of those, those spots. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Vivian. I appreciate all the information, advice, inspiration that you shared. And I look forward to keeping in touch and, and talking again soon. Likewise. Thank you, Andy. All right. Take care. All right. That will do it for my interview with Vivian Blade about resilience and influence. I hope you got some value out of that. As I mentioned, I didn't really talk that much about influence in my own book, but I did talk about the power of relationships, the power of building a brand, the power of building trust with other people. We talk about karma, talk about a lot of things that can help you really accelerate your career success. So if you have not yet read my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, it is available now on Amazon. We have over 220 five-star reviews, and I'd love for you to go check that out. The feedback has been tremendous. And we also have some free resources available on our website, including the five steps to owning your career. And you can get that by going to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. All right. Thank you again for listening. We'll have more great content for you next week. Enjoy.